WCSG Backstage gives you access to your favorite WCSG DJs from your family-friendly morning show, the most music for your middays, and the ride home. I'm Jeremy. I'm Amanda. I'm Steve. I'm Kathy, and this is WCSG Backstage. WCSG Backstage. This episode, we dream up the next blockbuster film based on a board game. We'll challenge each other with a would you rather question, bring a little good news to your day with a tell me something good, and we're back to the top of the order as Steve shares his deep cut. So Mattel recently announced that they are making a feature-length movie based on the card game Uno. Now it's our turn. Card game, board game, outdoor game, pick a game, and turn it into a movie by sharing the synopsis with us. Steve, you're the movie guy. You get to go first. Okay. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited to hear this. What started as an attempt to earthquake-proof the new mega high-rise in San Francisco has resulted in a breakthrough in architectural technology, a massive, shape-shifting sky tower filled with hotels, (laughs) shopping center, apartments, corporate offices, but then becomes a deadly night of terror. During the design phase of the technological wonder, two rival architecture firms, Jensen Architects and Haringa Technological (laughs) Solutions, actually had to team up to make the vision happen. What makes the building so unique is mass anti-grav technology, which allows modular sections of the building to move and reconfigure on demand on several different axes to adjust to the changing needs of the tenants. From the ground, the ever-changing shape of the structure seems to (laughs) defy the laws of physics. On the day of the ribbon cutting, as a demonstration, the front facade seemed to collapse together, changing the name on the front from Jensen Herringa to Jenga. (laughs) (laughs) Now, after being open nearly a year, both architectural firms are headquartered in the building, and with the other interior office spaces, shops, restaurants, and apartments almost fully occupied, the lavish hotel housed within Jenga Tower is about to have its grand opening. That's when everything goes wrong. The computer system, which controls all the movement of the building's modules, seems to have a bug and is randomly shifting sections to unstable degrees. As tenants, employees, and customers attempt to exit, they discover, to their horror, that the system seems to have locked them in. Mm. Is it a case of greed-driven corporate negligence, technology out of control, or something more sinister? And who will come to the rescue of the victims of Jenga, the motion picture. <laughs> that was good. Huh? That was really good. I had trouble figuring out what game you had yeah. even picked. Yeah, I kind of like, buried I it. I liked how you did that. I Thank thought you. it was like cards, uh, like a house of cards oh, or something. that would have been good you know, too. Anyway. That, yeah. For a moment there, I thought it might be Rubik's Cube because mm. of the shifting. And oh, the, exactly. Yeah. Good I one. feel a little bit like maybe I should, uh, you know, get this copyrighted. Like maybe yes, I should, should option the rights all of or us somebody's going to hear this really podcast. If anything, yeah. you got to make sure The Rock is available because oh, he's in all the sure. movies yeah. that for sure. involve something yes. like that. I would that. love yeah. to see him in an office setting. Like, yeah. just a straight guy. Just... He's too big for an office chair. But it would be so hilarious. That would be fun to see. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. yes, he's kind of like a, you know, like a geek, uh, architect type person. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Wow. Jenga. Yeah. I like it. 
so this game is one of my favorites it's called Taboo. Have you ever heard of Oh, yeah. Taboo? Okay. Oh, sure. Uh, of course, um, if you know about this game, you know that it, you know, you've got to get your teammates to guess the word on the card, uh, but there are a plethora of words that you can't use. You know, that's why it's called Taboo. So you got to find creative ways to describe your word. So that's my game. My movie is about a relatively shy artist who somehow lands an amazing career opportunity in the media. And though she appreciates the recognition of her art, she has always tried to keep her personal life details out of the spotlight. Despite the new discomfort of being a public figure, she finds a passion to spread a positive message and give others hope through the art of communication. However, she soon finds out that each day is a lesson in how to creatively say things in a way that don't set off any alarms. Mm. I like it. I like it. It feels like that's something that could come to the Hallmark Channel. There you yes. go. You know? yes. yes. She finds herself in a situation she's not expecting, but yes. then turns it around for the best. <laughs> yes. It's good. Well, ever since ER was super popular in the 90s, everyone seems to love a good medical drama. Mm. There's over 300 episodes of Grey's Anatomy, so they just keep making them. So my movie would be a high-stakes drama based on the game Operation. Of course. Yeah. So the movie starts in an emergency room where a patient comes in with lots of ailments, but they're ailments that the doctors are not used to seeing. Like instead of a sore throat, we have an Adam's apple, which is the Mm. actual apple in the throat. Mm. We have butterflies in the stomach. We have an actual Charlie horse. We've got writer's (laughs) cramp. We've got brain freeze, which is an ice cream cone located in the brain. Yeah. And because of the pandemic, obviously hospitals are tapped to the max and their entire budget has been spent on masks and hand sanitizer, mm. PPE. So the only instruments these doctors have to help this patient is a pair of plastic tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll spend the next two hours on the edge of your seat cheering for the doctors as they help this patient out body part by body part. But if there's one false move, the patient lets out a giant scream and there's mm. a loud buzzer that goes off that causes even more damage for the patient. And so that'll have us jumping out of our seat. The movie concludes with a big surprise, as big as Willy Wonka. When the procedures are all completed, the patient is revealed to be the developer of the board game operation, (laughs) who then awards the hospital with $40 million, which is what operation is actually worth. Wow. With that money, the hospital is able to pay off all of the medical debt of everyone who is there, give the employees the raises that they deserve. They put a Chick-fil-A in the hospital cafeteria. (laughs) And then they donate the rest to Brain Freeze Research. Wow. Wow. That's really good. So who would direct that? Probably um, the guy who does Transformers because there'd be a lot of explosions. Oh, yeah. I feel like you could also go as far as to have like uh, like the, what do they call the the D-box seats. Oh, yeah. So when there's (laughs) something that happens to the operation guy, you feel it in your chair. My second place choice for game was the game of perfection. You know where you have to put the little shapes. So intense. And I thought like maybe it'd be cool if there was like scientists all over the globe that had to fit a shape inside a certain area. And if it didn't work out, there was an earthquake. Ooh, that's and good. so they had to well, like really race against time to yeah. make sure they got all the shapes put in at the same time. Let's make that movie. too. Yes, that would be the sequel. <laughs> OK. All right. Kathy kind of had like a hallmarkish one. Steve, I feel like yours is action drama. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could see Amanda yours being like an animated one. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went with more of like. I don't know, more drama, coming of age kind of thing, too. Uh, I picked the card game Euchre. 
And of course, it's going to be set in northern Michigan. Is, yeah. the, is the subtitle "Pass on a Bower Loose for an Hour"? You didn't let me get to <laughs> oh, that sorry. part. That is, it was uh, yeah, "Pass on this Bower and you'll lose for an hour." Coming summer 2021. Uh, but okay, so here's the synopsis: Jack Bauer and Jeff Trump have been friends forever. They were inseparable through school, causing mischief as teen boys would. Their trajectory of adolescent behavior is redirected when their friendship is brought to a whole new level thanks to a mutual high school friend of theirs, Jillian. Farmer, who invites them to join the high school euchre team. Ooh. Learning the tricks of the trade, the dynamic duo climb the ranks through local competitions all the way to regional and eventually national championships. Their friendship grows stronger and stronger. That is until a love triangle between Jack, Jeff, and Jillian breaks the duo <laughs> apart before the 1986 National Euchre Championship, seemingly ending their friendship forever. 30 years later, Jack, an officer at the local police department, receives a call from dispatch about a couple of teens causing some commotion down at the local grocery store. Upon arriving, he finds that teens have caused some destruction to the store and have turned their attention to the store owner, who happens to turn out to be Jack's former best friend, Jeff. Well, with the teens in custody, Jack and Jeff are forced into conversation for the first time in 30 years. And while they don't pick up their friendship where they left off, they reminisce about the good old days and how the teens in the back of the cruiser remind them of themselves before Euchre entered their life. That's when Jeff has an idea. He's willing to drop the charges against the teens if they help him start the high school Euchre team up again. And facing the baggage of their past hurts, the two have to work together to mentor the teens to the 2016 National Euchre Championships. But the competition isn't easily bowled over as their team comes face-to-face with Jack and Jeff's past, Jillian, whose team Mm -hmm. has been walking away with the championship for the past five years. Ooh. Jack Bauer, played by Kiefer Sutherland. Of course. Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. Jeff Trump is Jeff Daniels, and Jillian Farmer is Jillian Anderson because she's from Michigan. So. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Okay. I like it's it. Good. It's good. Now I want to know. I want to know how to play euchre, and I want to see your movie. So. Kind of like they had a little bit of the. If you've watched Cobra Kai, uh-huh. there's yes. a little bit of elements of oh, that yeah. in there. Yeah. But uh, there would yeah. definitely be a good soundtrack to this. Oh for yeah, sure. for sure. And a lot of montages. I think there would be like a side, like underlying plot of like. But how do you? keep score do you do it with the two fives (laughs) or the twos and the threes right (laughs) would you rather all right it is everyone's favorite icebreaker would you rather kathy why don't you go first okay i'll go first okay would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that re- <laughs> <laughs> that, re- that one <laughs> definitely that okay. would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night or sweat maple syrup oh, oh boy does the spaghetti hair come wow. with the spaghetti sauce or is it just the noodles you can choose oh. leave it up to you I'm gonna go with spaghetti hair because then you could like do all sorts of cool things with it and if you had like a mishap like one day like I really don't like that then it just is different the next day you can try again right but you're like you might have little kids just coming up and eating your hair you know I already have that that's true okay okay. not really my kids are old and past that Um, and the maple syrup I feel like would be inconvenient in a lot of different ways Uh right like it would get things like really sticky Uh like your car upholstery and your office Mm. chair and you couldn't like sit down on the couch right Okay, so I feel like at first I was like, oh, maple syrup sweat because I make it a goal in life to not sweat. (laughs) I try to not ever be in a position that's causing me to sweat. Mm -hmm. But then I thought anytime they're making waffles or pancakes, I'm going to be like, oh, I got to go around around the block (laughs) to make the syrup for this. 
So I'm going spaghetti hair. But okay. also, you know, Would, there is always one thing in your life that will cause you to sweat, and that is the Fourth of July parade that we find ourselves <laughs> oh, in almost every oh, year. That's <laughs> You'd true. Be a hot, it's sticky mess. Be fourth of July parade is coming up. Everybody, bring your pancakes. Right. <laughs> it smells like waffles, chicken, and waffles. Uh, I think I would go with spaghetti hair only for the simple fact of like I would feel like it would be difficult to try and get clothes on and off right. if I were sweaty mm. with sticky maple syrup mm-hmm. sweat. So, but also, Steve, asking you a question on this, like, <laughs> would you feel comfortable eating your own sweat, maple syrup sweat? Well, here's the thing: <laughs> if all of the properties of the perspiration are maple syrup and none of it is body right odorous juices right then (laughs) i'd be all right with it okay that's fair that's a fair assessment you might even be like valuable like you could you could bottle it up and sell it maple steve that's true (laughs) you could make a whole brand out of it like the big green giant guy you could be maple syrup steve and you could have like a blue ox but i mean i feel like all of this is also true of spaghetti hair that's that's true true. you always have lunch with you no matter where you go and you could vary it up like today i feel like a marinara sauce today i want an alfredo (laughs) kathy what did you choose you know what i've been thinking about this i don't know that i chose but I think I've landed on spaghetti hair. Maybe I could go with uncooked, and that way oh, my dogs yeah. are not like eating me, uh, actively eating me. Every uncooked day. would just stick straight out yeah. in all directions. Yeah. It would Unless be you do it real straight yeah. down. The, the, okay. You could cut I could like have a look. Yeah. I can actually see that being Maybe a thing. Maybe you could yes. manage it yeah. a little bit with um, the gorilla stuff. <laughs> the gorilla, gorilla glue. glue. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Borrow some of your sweat. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's mine. Uh, imagine that you're laying down. And you're slowly jostled awake. You see a backpack next to you with some appropriate supplies. Now, would you rather wake up in the middle of an unknown forest or wake up in a rowboat on an unknown body of water? Oh, wow. Definitely not. How far out in the water am I? I don't know. I feel. I don't feel. You like could I'm, be real close to land. You, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just right. you're just you wake up and you're just in a boat in mm-hmm. water. You have no idea how you got there. I'm not well equipped for rowing, so mm-hmm. I don't Seriously. think that I would be very good at whatever you, that had for me. The other concern there is if you're rowing for who knows how long, that's going to be a lot of sweat, yes, a lot, a of, lot maple of maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> a lot of maple syrup. <laughs> that was the body of water. Yeah, that's syrup. that's the other fun aspect about the Would You Rather game is they all stack on top yes. of each other. You, you have go. to deal with it's all four cumulative. of your decisions. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering what's in the backpack. Do we know? Well, mm-hmm. I just I included that part because if you're on the boat, you might need different supplies mm-hmm. than right. if you woke up in the forest. So I wanted you to decide where you were waking up and there would be appropriate supplies in there to okay. keep you healthy and safe to go and do whatever you're going to do next. I feel like I would say the forest because if you don't know how long you're going to be out there now granted the maybe the backpack has sunscreen in it but if i'm out there on the open sea all i can think is you know all the movies i've seen of people that are stranded out there and they just like their skin becomes (laughs) and the dehydration right because you don't have fresh water right i feel like more opportunities for survival in a forest sure yeah all right okay yeah i think i'm the um i'm gonna be on the boat in the water just because i don't mind cooking myself mm-hmm. a little bit and the forest i'm afraid of like sasquatch and <laughs> like that you is know a very reasonable fear yes yeah. sure yeah so and i like water it's soothing it's relaxing so right. yeah. the thing that jeremy didn't share is that the boat is actually a cruise ship so there kathy wins so now wow. you have covid <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, here's mine. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Would you rather live until you're 200 and look your age or look like you're 22 your whole life, but you die at 65? Oh, 200. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I didn't look that good at 22. So I'm fine with. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I feel like, man, if I get to live to be 200, I get to see like lots of generations. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe but you're going to look like Yoda by the time oh, you get you said there. Yoda? I thought you said you. I could you, look like myself. You you look like the age you are. You look like so you're 200. Whatever a 200 oh. year old looks like. Oh, I can't look like how I look now. New. Oh, I thought you said, oh. Yeah, not you presently. You oh. as a 200 You look your age, whatever that age is going to be. Okay, forget that then. I'm going back to 22. I wasn't at least 200 looking. Yeah. <laughs> I was pregnant at 22, so I'm going to go with 200. Yeah. I would rather look 200, I think, because if... We see stories all the time of people who live to be like 100, 110. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. None of us ever go, oh, wow. They didn't age very well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you've reached 200, I would just wear that as a badge of honor and be like, yeah, I got wrinkles. I'm 200. (laughs) (laughs) I've earned these. I've earned these. Like, of course I have wrinkles. What else would you expect? Along those similar lines, I feel like I would pick the 200-year-old because I feel like you'd be such an anomaly like right. there'd True. be a lot of things going for you. Mm-hmm. Like there'd mm. probably be book deals because you've experienced yeah. so much. And True. I don't know, you'd live a lot of life. You'd see a lot of great, 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 great grandkids potentially. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd pick the 200. Yeah. But my asterisk on this would be, I want to be a healthy and thriving 200 year old right. and not someone mm-hmm. who's been in a home for a hundred years. Exactly. Oh, right. 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 Exactly. That's, That's yes. my concern about it. Like if your body can somehow still keep you know pumping blood and all that stuff but you are not active you're Mm -hmm. debilitated or something for a hundred years a lot that's a long time to be in that condition Mm -hmm. so i'm with you i would say if i can be you know vital and still you know do stuff then i'm gonna go with 200 i don't care too much what i look like yes but i will warn you if you are starting to sweat maple syrup (laughs) chances are you're probably not going to be a vibrant 200 year old (laughs) the key is getting out there in the forest with a backpack unless the maple syrup keeps your skin youthful i mean when you think about jurassic park those mosquitoes (laughs) got trapped in the the syrup or the am you know that turned into Mm -hmm. amber right kept them youthful so maybe you just create like a a candy coated (laughs) shell on your body (laughs) that preserves you and you actually actually look really good huh all right fossilized in maple syrup he lived to 200 my would you rather is actually kind of gross would you rather buy and have to use all used underwear or all used toothbrushes Ooh. oh man this is like one my 10 year old would come up with I mean, on one hand, you do get to wash the underwear, but they've been used. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, you could wash the toothbrush, Could you boil them? Yeah, Yeah, you could boil a toothbrush. You could boil, you could bleach it, whatever. I'd have to go with the toothbrush. Yeah, toothbrushes, because I don't need to say anything about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm saying underwear, and here's why. You can't turn a toothbrush inside out. That is true. Mm. That is true. So I'm going to boil it, bleach it, whatever, then flip it inside out. 
Ugh. Okay. I, I apologize for even asking this. It's disgusting. <laughs> I'm going to go with the underpants as well. But my reasoning aside from that would be I like having a new toothbrush. Yes. And, mm. the, and the stiff mm-hmm. bristles and cleaning. And I feel like if I got a used toothbrush, they'd be all matted, all flaring out yes, to the right. side. And I wouldn't get a good deep cleaning that I desire. And my teeth would probably get real nasty. Yeah. So. That's that was true. kind of my yeah. reasoning, too. Like, mm-hmm. I like... Like when a toothbrush gets worn out, like I, I want a new one. Right. But I mean, you feel that way about your undies too, but True. Ma- those can be a little bit more hidden. Like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't have good dental hygiene, mm-hmm. people are going to know. That's yeah. true. So Truth. yeah. But maybe the used toothbrushes were only used like once. Oh, that's true. Know. You'd have to definitely do some bleach with, or either boiling yes. with either one. Mm-hmm. And a little disgusting. research on yes. the previous owner. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Like knowing, would you rather know the owner or not know? Mm-hmm. The owner. Oh boy. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you could know the person and be like, oh, you're gross. Right. I definitely don't want your stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you could be like, oh, it belongs to this famous person. I right. don't mind using this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. Tell me something good. It's always nice to catch up on some of the brightest stories happening in the world. Time for some Tell Me Something Good. Jeremy, what story did you bring? All right, I brought you the story of a new Netflix show that'll be coming March 16th. This is for the kids, and it features former First Lady Michelle Obama. She's cooking up a children's show focused on eating healthy, which was always something that she focused on. Uh, It involves her, a couple of puppet friends called Waffles and Mochi, or Mochi, Uh, as they leave the land of frozen food and embark on a global ingredient mission with the help of Michelle and a flying shopping cart. And basically (laughs) it just shows kids from all over the world, like in what they cook and gives them an idea of like getting excited about culinary things. And then maple syrup Steve shows up. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I kind of felt like this was like a a made-up story that you're making up. Oh, no, this is a real one. Yeah. This would be really amazing if they merged this show with Great British Baking Show. Oh, wow. You know, and you've got (gasps) Michelle and the puppets against the other people and see if they do a great tray bake. (laughs) That would be good. I like that. So, yeah, it's coming uh, Netflix March 16th, so just a couple of weeks away. Sweet. Cool. Uh, we all know Chicago is called the Windy City. If we've ever been there, we know that that's for reals, especially mm-hmm. in the winter. Uh, a lot of pedestrians feel more like popsicles than people, uh, making getting out of the bitter cold a priority. When your job is strictly outdoors, staying warm and toasty kind of isn't an option unless somebody comes to your rescue. This Chicago restaurateur, Robert Maggiet, was driving across town one morning and he spotted a shivering tamale vendor mm. braving the frigid January temperatures and kind of on the spur of the moment, he just decided to make an offer she couldn't refuse. Rather than let the woman turn into a tamale popsicle, Robert bought out her entire day's supply, mm. about 10 dozen tamales, and he gave her a big tip, sent her on her way. After she'd gratefully gone home, Robert loaded up the copious quantities of tamales and he distributed them out to some of Chicagoland's homeless population. Mm. He got such a, a kick out of what he had just experienced. He took to Facebook to see if he could continue the trend. He says, anyone know of any tamale cart vendors that'll be out on this uh, cold weekend? And he went on to explain, you know, what he had just done. And over the following couple of days, he got a lot of suggestions and he bought up all the tamales from vendors at three different locations. Wow. Again, went and generously, you know, he tipped the sellers. And because, you know, already their trade is pretty 
curtailed because of the weather. So they were happy. He was happy. And he, you know, was able to get uh, these out. And then he reached out to a friend of his. Now, this guy is in the restaurant business. So he Mm -hmm. knows other, you know, people in that business. And, of course, restaurants are suffering, too. Reached out to a friend who's uh, the owner of a pizzeria. Said, you know, would you be willing to donate your kitchen once a week, maybe, to just ease some food insecurity in the city? And knowing how much kids love pizza, the friend readily agreed. Robert told the press, it's like, I have a restaurant. I have food. I know people who have restaurants and food. Let's help people who (laughs) need food. (laughs) He plans to continue his tamale runs for the remainder of the winter, and pizzas (laughs) are still on the table as well. So so cool. Yeah. yeah. Love that. I thought that was pretty cool. I love that. I listened to uh, a prompting. I had an idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did it one time, and then it turned into something big. Just kind of snowballed. And food. Everybody needs to be fed. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, my Tell Me Something Good has to do with everyone's favorite game show host, Alex Trebek. Uh, passed away back in November uh, from pancreatic cancer. And a lot of people have watched his final episodes mm-hmm. and were just really like drawn to just him as a person. Yeah. He always seemed kind and very, very smart and always, of course, sharply dressed. And so now after his passing, his family has decided to donate his wardrobe, his suits and his shirts and his ties to something called the Doe Fund, which is an organization that provides work, housing, vocational training, education, and social services to those in need who have maybe been incarcerated or have gone through addiction. So now these gentlemen who want to go out and get a job are able to do so because they have the proper clothing. Oh, that's cool. The clothing yeah. from Alex Trebek. Huh. Um, wow. They said it's about 58 dress shirts, four suits, 300 ties, 25 polos, 14 sweaters, nine sports sport coats, nine pairs of dress shoes, 15 belts, two parkas, and three pairs of dress slacks. So these guys are going to be dressed real snappy and, you know, you're real confident if you know that you're dressed the part. If you are dressed like Alex Trebek, you got to feel something special because, like, you know the answers to all the questions (laughs) they're going to have. That's right. Or you have the questions for the answers that they have. I think you should check all the pockets, make sure there's nothing hiding in there. Right? Right. You'd probably just be like, I'm in Alex Trebek's tie and suit and then right there you go you have the job that's right yeah so i thought that was really a neat way to just not only donate but to, to help a good cause as well so that is so that cool is, and speaking of checking the pockets i feel like maybe one of these people is gonna find his mustache because <laughs> <laughs> you know he didn't have it for you know the last several it years, was really spaghetti when i think of, <laughs> when i think of alex trebek i think of that stash <laughs> that is such a great story i think i saw that and i was tempted to bring that and i was like oh that's a good story but i already had mine which is about a musician from scotland his name is tommy perman he put together an album of happy sounds from his friends all over the world. He asked his friends to send him a clip of a sound that made them happy, and he compiled them into a 20-track album. Wow. The sounds are as diverse as the culture and backgrounds of the participants and include such things as animal sounds like birds tweeting and pets making their noises and ambient nature sounds and quirky sounds from home and more. He is now giving this album called Positive Interactions. He's giving it away in exchange for happy messages, which he plans on using in his next project. So he said he came up with this idea as an excuse to reach out to a lot of his friends and to focus on happy things. Oh, that's really cool. So it got me thinking. I was like, what would be your happy sound? Yeah. Mm, if a, a baby laughing. Yes. Like, there's yes. got to be babies laughing on there. Mm-hmm. Or Oh, no doubt. This is horrible, but like, if my bank account made a sound <laughs> when a deposit was made, yes. like, that would be That'd a happy nice. sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe like the, the psk, like of a pop. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. 
Yeah, I would say my granddaughter saying anything. Yes. Yeah, she has such a cute voice. My dog sings. That would Aww. be on there. My little, my little Shiba Inu. When you play the piano, she'll go, and it's really cute. So, I recently got a dishwasher for the first time in a long time, and even turning that on is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I love that the no dishes doubt. are being yes. washed. <laughs> Well, as always, we appreciate you listening to WCSG yes, Backstage. You. Uh, you can help with the success of the podcast by rating, subscribing, and, of course, sharing it with your friends. Uh, every show, we like to close things out with a deep cut, a song we enjoy, even if you don't hear it on WCSG. And, Steve, you are back to the top of the lineup, so let's hear what okay. you have to Okay. Well, yeah, this is a real uh, deep cut. Going back to Reliant K's 2009 album, Forget and Not Slow Down, uh, it's the song Sahara. Um, it's a real rocker, but as I looked at the lyrics, I realized it's a lament, and I've kind of got a thing for lament. I think I've talked about other songs, other deep cuts uh, that I would put in that category. Um, the lead singer and the writer of this song, um, Matt Thiessen, he is notorious for not explaining himself, mm. so this is just my theory, but I have this lament theory because it kind of starts out describing dying of thirst, but then check this lyric. Uh, trying to ignite some sort of passion from inside to overcome this feeling of desertion. Just kind of reminds me of how uh, you see like David lamenting in the Psalms a lot of times. And uh, I think like Job talks about, you know, the pain that he's experiencing and being abandoned by friends. Um, And then there's this line from the chorus. So I'll ask one thing, just one thing of you. Don't ever turn me loose even when I turn my back. And again, it feels like a lament. We know this is what we all desire of God, um, because we know we all sometimes turn our back on Him, but He does not turn us loose. Mm. Um, so anyway, so that's what I got. Sahara by Reliant K. All right. I'm Jeremy. I'm Amanda. I'm Steve. And I'm Kathy. And this is WCSG Backstage. I am on my side.